in the wilderness. Amen. Isn't he with us everywhere we go? Even, I mean, we could be in the most uncertain times. You know, I was just reading this morning in uh, Mark, I think, chapter 4, where it talks about the disciples are in the boat, and the storm is raging, and just all around them, and it's just, they don't know what to do. But what they do know to do is go wake up Jesus. And they say, Jesus, I need you. And he was with them in the boat. And Jesus stood up and said, peace, be still. And the storms around them calmed down. So I'd say this morning, if you are in a storm of any kind, know that Jesus is right there in the boat with you. He is right with you. He is right with you. And we just continue to abide with him, and he does the work. He says, peace, be still. Amen? And it is still. Okay, we're going to continue to worship the Lord with our giving. I already mentioned about the giving statements are available in the lobby. I also, there's a slide that rolls before and after church about different ways that you can give. Uh, so you guys, you can give a lot of different ways other than just bringing, uh, uh, filling out the offering envelope. You can give online, you can text to give. I won't go through those uh, this morning. The scripture I have is out of Deuteronomy 8, verse 18. Deuteronomy 8, verse 18. And every time I read this, I'm just like, man, it is so good. How many know the Bible is just so good? And sometimes you read the same verse like a year later or 15 years later or whatever years later, you're just like, wow, that's really good. And he speaks, the word is living. It's literally a living organism. So when you read it, you get different illumination every time when you're looking at it. God is just revealing deeper and deeper depths of who he is and his love for us. It says this, Deuteronomy 8.18, and you shall remember the Lord your God. Can we remember him in every area of our life? For it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Wait a second. I thought it was my intelligence. I thought it was my hardworking, pull myself up by my bootstraps, I never call in sick even when I don't feel well mentality. Nope. Wait a second. I thought it was because my inheritance because, of, yeah, it's your inheritance in him. It's part of the covenant in him. Look at this. For it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. He is the one who we give all the praise to. He is the one that we glorify. He is the one that we honor. Because it is him who gives us the power to get wealth. And it looks, look at this. That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And so as I read that scripture, it's like, I have like a little arrows on my, on my sheet here. It's like, there's power from God that gives us the ability to gain wealth, which is part of the covenant, which is linked to the blessing, which the purpose of all of it is to expand his kingdom. That's the whole purpose of all of it. So his power to give us wealth is so that his kingdom can be established in a greater way on this earth. Amen? And that's why we give. We give because we want to just, one, he tells us to give. Two, we do it with a cheerful heart. But three, we give because we want to see God's kingdom expanded. We want to see the needs of the people met. We want to see the lost saved, the sick healed, lives transformed, families thriving. We want to see Northwest Pennsylvania saved. We want to see a million souls come to Jesus Christ. We are thankful that this church is marked by miracles. We are thankful that people are moving from death to life, all because he is faithful, he is good, and he gives us everything that we have. Amen? 
Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are the great giver. You loved us so much that you gave your son for us to die for our sins, to pay the ultimate sacrifice and price that we talked about earlier. Lord, to establish this new covenant with us. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are the promise keeper, Lord. That you are in the boat with us, Lord. You are calming the storms around us, Heavenly Father. Father, we just thank you for your power and your strength and your ability, Father God, that works through us. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you will meet every need. We thank you, Lord, that 2022 is a year of overflow. A year of overflow. Father, overflow in our finances, overflow in our marriages, overflow with our children, overflow in our relationships, in our jobs. And when we go to Wegmans, Lord, overflow, Father God. Lord, that we would be lights unto this world. Father, and I thank you for the overflow because of you. And Lord, as we just listen to your word today, Lord, that you would strengthen us, encourage us. Lord, and that you would just reveal things in our heart, as we talked about earlier. Reveal things in our heart, Lord. Beliefs that we've had that are not right. Lord, that we want to be aligned with your word. And that you love us and you care for us. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Okay, open up your Bibles, two places, Acts chapter 2, and then Matthew chapter 6. <clears throat> I'm going to briefly go in Acts chapter 2, uh, and then we're going to get into uh, Matthew chapter 6. For those of you that are newer here, yes, periodically I hold a football while I preach. I have no analogies planned this morning that has anything to do with football, although we do know it is playoff season. There are playoff games yesterday, there's playoff games today. The Super Bowl is coming up. I just like to hold a football because that's how I was born and raised, and it just feels natural to me. So I'm going to hold a football. Okay, Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. We're doing a series called Awakening, and in this series we're talking about the spiritual disciplines that we see in the early church. And as I read this, I, I read it last week, but I just want you to just almost close your eyes and picture the early church, and then picture us. Erie Christian Fellowship Church, acting much the same, of course, in a, there's a different type of building and everything else, but in much the same way as the early church was acting when I read, when I read this. Starting in verse 42, it says, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done, through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. And so continually daily with one accord, unity, 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 in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness in simplicity of heart. How many know this world needs a little more simplicity in it? It's gotten so complicated. Simplicity of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So I have a chart up that shows the spiritual disciplines that we can see that are in operation in the early church. 
And during this series, we're going to talk through a little bit on each of them. We're on prayer right now. We're going to, this will be the last week, I believe, on praying. But that's what, if you look at them, there's giving, studying God's word, worship, church attendance, home fellowship, serving, breaking bread together, praying. All of these are spiritual disciplines that as your pastors, I want to see developed more and more in your life. It doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum on any of those. But what we want to see is this journey of discipleship is that you're moving closer and closer to the biblical standard on these things and what he has for us. And the reason why we do it is because it is the full Monty. It's the full cake. It's the beautiful thing that God has for us. And if you take any one of those things out, you're missing something. If you're not serving in some way, I'm talking about serving your family or serving the church or serving the city. If if you're missing something, you are missing a blessing that God has for you. If you never worship, you're missing a blessing that God has for you. If you never read the word of God, you're missing a blessing that God has for you. And my analogy last week was I was talking about baking a cake. Well, I got a new analogy this week. Anybody ever go to a gym? to work out. Everyone's probably got their New Year's resolutions on. If you're still doing it, that's no more our New Year's resolution. You're actually sticking with it. Praise God. But if you ever go to a gym, I've been to a lot of gyms. I've worked out. I've played sports my whole life. And there'd always be someone in the gym who would only do bench press. All right, for those who know what I'm talking about. It's the one guy, usually it's a guy, sometimes a girl, but so all he would do was bench press. And he'd make all this noise, like this was the one thing he would do. He put 300 pounds on there. He'd be going like this. And then you see him walking around in his shorts, and his legs are like puny. There's like no muscles. There's nothing in his arms. There's nothing in his legs. And you're just like, what is wrong with this guy? It's because he's doing one discipline. He's only doing one. He's building up his chest muscles. But that he, guess what, guys? God wants us to build all of our spiritual muscles up, not just pumping the word of God. He wants us to worship, and he wants us to get down and pray, and he wants us to move and serve and give of our lives. All of these things is what he wants, and that's what makes as we well-rounded someone who's not like the guy in the gym who does only the bench press. And of course, he always slams down the bench press when he's done because he wants everybody to see how much weight he has on it, right? Now he's hitting it, hitting it, boom, and he he gets up. You're like, that guy's missing stuff. He's missing. And so I don't want you guys to be like the dude who only bench presses, okay? Could we be not like the guy who only bench presses but does a full body workout? Can we do a full body workout and look at each one of these things and say, you know what? I want all of these things in my life. And it doesn't mean if you, if you don't spend time in the Word of God, you're going to just start bench pressing 300 pounds or curling 100 pounds. You just start where you're at. Come on, church. Start where you're at. Start with the one. You know they have one and a half pound dumbbells? Come on now. If that's where you need to start with the leg curl, go ahead and do that. Start with one and a half pound leg curl. That's okay. Because eventually you'll get to two pounds, and then three, and then five, and then ten. Then you'll be clicking in the things, and you'll be going over to the big boys with the big dumbbells, okay? This is what I want for you guys. This is the goal of this series. Uh, And maybe next week I'll do one on football, a different analogy. Okay, so these are the things. You guys can take a picture of those if you want. Uh, But I just think it's important for us to see this. So we're talking about prayer. This is the third week 
on prayer. I'm probably going to wrap it up unless the Lord says something differently. And we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. It says that Jesus taught us how to pray with the Lord's Prayer. If you did not get one of these little handy-dandy handouts that you can slip in your Bible and keep with you, just slip your hand up. I think we got most people at the break. But if you need one, just slip your hand up. We'll get it to you. Go to Matthew chapter 6. And before we get there, I just want us to say the Lord's Prayer. Don't look at your sheet. Just say it like you've always said it. Can we say that together? On the count of three. One, two, three. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That will be the last time you say that prayer the way you said that prayer. It will be the last, if you are here today, it will be the last time you say that prayer the way we just said that prayer. And at the end, we're going to say that prayer, and we're going to say it like we mean it, because I'm going to talk to you about that prayer, what that prayer means, and everything that is packed in there, that when you say it, it's like the words that are coming out of your mouth are going to start exploding with faith and promises, and healing, and knowing what God has for us. That's my goal for us today. Matthew 6, starting in verse 5. It says, When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door... Look, Jesus had to get away too. Moms, I know it's hard, but you can find ways to get away. Dads, rise up to the occasion and take the baby so mama can go out and get a little prayer time. Amen? Jesus went off and got alone. Pray to your father who is in the secret place. Your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. He is in the secret place. We talked about... He, he knows what's going on in your heart. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to reveal the things in your heart that are broken so that he can heal them. And a lot of times that's a painful process to go through, and I understand that, but he is in the secret place. We pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus. We pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus. Why? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. And the Bible says that every knee will bow. John 14, 13 says this, and stay in Matthew, you don't have to jump there. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. For the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. We're praying to God the Father. God is in the secret place. Verse 7, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. And I don't know about you, but in the past, I have said the Lord's Prayer with vain repetition. Come on, I'm just being honest, right? 
You say it so much, you've heard it so much, <clears throat> you just say it, and it feels a little bit like vain repetition. But we're going to talk about this morning, how do we make that not into vain repetitions? Verse 8, therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. He already knows what you need before you even ask Him. Thank you, Jesus. It says, then in this manner, therefore pray. So now Jesus is teaching His disciples. He's going to talk about the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to break down each portion of this Lord's Prayer. And you don't have to take copious notes because I have it on the handout here for you, of what each of these truly means when we say it. First part of this prayer. Now let me tell you something. I pray this prayer nearly every day. And I had studied this a couple years back. I think I gave a couple messages on it uh, regarding the Lord's Prayer. And I say this prayer <clears throat> almost every single day. I say it every day I go for a prayer walk. Now when it's minus seven wind chill, I don't always go on my prayer walk. I'm just being honest here, Okay. Minus seven wind chill, I was not walking yesterday morning or whenever it was super cold. However, when I get out on our, our main road right where we live, there is a point when I pass our neighbor's house, it's like the Lord reminds me every morning, say the Lord's Prayer. And I don't say it anymore in vain repetition. I say it like I mean it. And I pause after every line after I say it. And I say, oh, our Father who art in heaven. And I just stop. And I just meditate on those words just for a minute. Just for a minute. Our Father who is in heaven. And the handout says, we are your children, God. Our Father. Think about that. You are calling the God of the universe your Father. What a better way to start a prayer than that. Jesus is teaching us how to pray. Our Father. Could we just stop right there for a minute? And be like, oh my goodness. You mean I can call God my Father? If you've made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you absolutely can because he paved the way to have a relationship with God the Father. And you can say, Father, I need you. Father, I need help. Father. And when you think of Father, you think of what? Family. You are part of a family of God. You are literally in God's family. Come on. Our Father. You could just... I could do the rest of my prayer walk just thinking and just trusting in him because he's my father. I couldn't even get to the rest of the prayer if I really thought about it. And that's okay. You don't have to. When you're praying this, you don't have to get through the whole thing. But we start by recognizing who he is and that we are part of his family. Our father in heaven. We are your children. We believe you are who you say you are, our good and faithful Father. Come on, church. Our Father, was, he's in heaven. He tells us he's in heaven. He shows us he's in heaven through the word of God. Jesus ascended to heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father. Our Father, there he is. We always point up. We're certainly not down, but we always point. He's out. He's in heaven. And he sent us his Holy Spirit to abide with us and to be with us and to have a relationship with us and be a part of our lives. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallelujah. He knows the numbers of the hairs on my head and that I believe that they're growing. Come on, church, I'm believing in faith that I'm growing hair back here. I'm believing that my eyesight's getting better too, amen? 
Because my father's in heaven, he knows all the hairs. He knows if they're being added or not. Now, if they don't end up getting added by the end, whatever, I'll deal with it. But I'm believing in faith that God is going to do these things. Because he is my father who is in heaven. He cares about me and he loves me. I'm part of his family. Hallowed be your name. Oh, hallowed. You think of what, is that, what does that word actually mean? It means to revere. Oh, what a great word. To revere. We revere you, God. We revere you for, for you are the holy and righteous God. To revere something is to stand in all of it, to be amazed by it. And you just said, he is your father who's in heaven. Then you stand amazed. You stand in awe of him, the Lord of all creation, who created everything. He's our father. So you just say, I revere you, Lord. I'm here for you, Lord. Have your way, Lord. We stand in awe of you. We long to please you. And we want to glorify your name. It's like we begin, you begin the prayer worshiping. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. And I can't stop and start worshiping. Hallowed be your name. Thank you, Lord, that I'm part of your family. And if you never get any further than that, hallelujah. But there's more. This reverence to him, this deep respect... You say, well, hallowed be your name. What, what does his name mean? What is his name? In Exodus 3, 13, it says this. Then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers, our father, has sent me to you, and then they say to me, what is his name? This is Moses asking God, a conversation with God. What do I say to the people when they say, who sent, who, who's coming, what, who sent me? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. Oh, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. The great I am. I am is what he calls himself. This is what God is calling himself, the I am. And thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent you to me. I am. You're like, well, I am what? What do you need, church? Come on, church. I am your provider. I am your salvation. I am your righteousness. I am your rock. I am the one to depend on. I am the one who will be there for you. I am the one who never leaves you. I am the one who never forsakes you. I am. Hallowed be your name, God. Come on, church. Hallowed be your name. He is our king. He is our salvation. Man, hallowed be your name. Church, I need the I am. Come on, how many need the I am this morning? The I am who's in the boat, who calmed the storms. Come on, we need the I am. Situations and challenges that we're faced with. Hallowed be your name. <laughs> your name. I'm just going to stand there with you, Lord. Your name. I'm willing to be obedient and obey the commands that you have called me to. Next part of the prayer says, your kingdom come. Come on, church. We are calling forth his kingdom. Saying, Lord, your kingdom come. And ultimately, what we're actually praying is that we're praying Jesus' return. 
We're actually saying, Lord Maranatha, Lord, come, Jesus, come. Come quickly, Lord. This world is hurting, and, and it's just, there's so many issues. Lord, come quickly. We are calling forth his kingdom. Because part of his kingdom is what? No tears, no pain, no sickness, no fear. We're saying, Lord, come, bring your kingdom now. Bring your kingdom now. And I believe what we're also saying is when we're calling his kingdom, calling it forth, we're also asking that as we are standing and waiting, and Jesus is tarrying, waiting for his return to come, we're saying, Lord, bring your kingdom into my life. I'm here to serve you and your kingdom. Lord, I want your kingdom to be expanded. I want, you, I want the lost to come to know you. Lord, your kingdom come. We're calling forth the return of Jesus. Then we say, your will be done. Oh, we could spend weeks on this one. You, you, wait a second. You're, we're, we're not praying my will be done? No. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Lord, what is your will? This is part of the prayer you're asking. Lord, what's your will? And as Pastor Andy said this morning, Jesus had to get into a posture of getting aligned with his Father's will. While he was in the garden, he was praying. He said, take this cup from me. Take it from me. Is there any other way? How many of us have said that? Lord, is there any other way? And sometimes he says, no, this is my will. This is my way. Your will be done. You say, well, what's his will? His will that all will be saved. His will is that Satan is defeated and death will no longer have a hold. His will is that the chains are broken, that your brokenness is healed, and that the bondages of sin are destroyed. That's his will. That's his will for every one of us. You don't know his will for a certain situation? Then go find it. Come on. Then go find it. You know, there's, there's indices in the back. There's Google on your phone. Lord, I need to know all the scriptures that have to do with healing. Lord, I need all the scriptures that have to do with finances. Lord, I need all the scriptures that have to do with relationships. Lord, because your will be done. Your will be done. And I want to know what your will is. So your will be done. And we read it. And we build our faith as we meditate on his word. His will is found in the scriptures. Find the scripture that you're standing on. We're calling forth his promises down to earth. Your will be done. Lord, have your way. It's aligning our heart with his. And boy, you could go on 10 prayer walks and just stick right there. Ooh, Lord, your will be done. That's not how I want it to be done. Lord, your will be done. That's why we're at this time of fasting. It's putting down the flesh. It's putting down our thoughts, our ideas, our plans, our purposes, and Lord saying, what is your will for my life? What is your will for my family? What is your will for this church? Lord, your will be done. Our hearts cry. Then it says, on earth as it is in heaven, 
Hallelujah. Which means we don't have to wait completely for Jesus' return. Yes, when he returns, he will make all things new. He will perfect everything. But in the meantime, in the meantime, while we're waiting on earth as it is in heaven, Lord, bring your will down. Bring heaven down on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, bring miracles. Lord, bring signs and wonders in this place and in our lives. Miracles, signs, wonders on this earth as it is in heaven. We want that will to be done here on earth. You know, our church is marked by miracles. You know that? Our lives are marked by miracles. This church is marked by miracles. And if you're a part of this church, then you're marked by miracles. Peace, no pain, miracles, signs, and wonders. And yes, will this place be perfect? No. Not until Jesus comes back, baby. Not until Jesus comes back. But as we wait, we ask the Lord for his mercy, his goodness, his righteousness to permeate our lives and our families. And we've got all this prayer about, Lord, bring your will down, power, signs, wonders, your will be done. We're hallowing his name, we're worshiping him, and then we say this, give us this day our daily bread. It's like the Lord said, yeah, all this stuff, all this stuff out there, but can, you know what, can I just realign you for a second for today? Can I just realign you for today? And he's saying, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about next month. Don't worry about next year. Give us this day, today, our daily bread. You, Lord, are our provider. Our needs are met, and we lack nothing. We have no fear of tomorrow, church. No fear of tomorrow. God is already there. He's already working in tomorrow. He's dealing with tomorrow. You don't have to deal with tomorrow because you're in today. Does that say, well, you know what, then I don't have to make any kind of menu or grocery list or plan for my family to eat for the next week because I don't have to work. No, it doesn't mean you don't plan. It doesn't mean you don't grocery shop. Like, well, I guess I'll go grocery shopping every day because I don't have to worry about tomorrow. No, it says don't worry about tomorrow. It doesn't say don't plan for tomorrow. It says stop getting, getting your head off of the future and getting it into today because he is the God of today. He's right here with us. He brings us back to remembering. Don't worry about what you need to wear. Don't worry about the food. Don't worry about these things. I see you and I got you. Give us this day our daily bread. Nourishment for today. Strength for today. Provision for today. Waking up every day and say, Lord, you know what I need today. I can't do it alone. Give me today the daily bread that I need. Give me the scripture I need to stand on. Give me the word that I need of encouragement. Help me to bump into the friend that needs to be a friend. Or help me bump into the friend who needs me to be their friend. Whatever it is, give us today, today, today our daily bread. He is our provider. And then it says, and forgive us our debts. We can get excited about this one. Yeah, we've been singing about this one this morning. Thank you, Jesus. You have forgiven our debts. He's, he's just telling us to remember that today your debts have been paid. He's saying, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts today. Don't worry. Ask for forgiveness for the ones from the past and then leave them back there. 
Leave them back there. We repent. We turn from our sin. Forgive us, Lord, and purify our hearts and lives. Forgive us, Lord, for our debts. We have to recognize daily that we are saved by grace. Unmerited favor of God. We have to recognize that every day. That every one of us is a sinner and we are saved by grace. Not by our own works. Not by our own trying. Not by being a good person. Doesn't save you. Only Jesus. Only believing that he is the son of God and that he died for your sins and that he rose from the grave. Forgive us our debts, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for making a way. Thank you, Jesus, for making a way. When we say forgive us for our debts, we remember his goodness and his faithfulness. Makes you want to take communion again. To remember as often as you do it in remembrance. Forgive us our debts. Thank you, Lord. Create in me a clean heart. Come on, church. It's not just, oh, I screwed up. I'll just ask for forgiveness again. No, it's creating me a clean heart, Lord. Sanctify me, change me, move me in a new direction. I'm tired of living the way I used to live. I'm tired of it. I want a new direction, Lord. Help me to do it. The next part of that is where you're all going to get quiet. As we forgive our debtors. Whoa, whoa, we are praying to God to forgive us in the same respect that we are forgiving others. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Are you kidding me? As we forgive our debtors, Lord, free us from bitterness and anger. Lord, free us because of how good he is and what he did for us. Lord, free us from bitterness and anger. We release those who have harmed us. We bless them in Jesus' name. Every day when you're saying in this prayer, you just begin to say, Lord, I'm releasing that person. Lord, I'm releasing that person. I don't feel like releasing that person. You don't know what they did to me. And they have done some horrible things to people in this room, and I know it, and it sucks, and I'm sorry. But every day you have to decide that I am going to forgive that person. I'm going to forgive that person. And I may not feel it in my heart, but I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. And the Lord begins to work and to change. And you begin to want to bless them. The person who hurt you, you eventually want to bless them. How can that be? Only because of the great I am. Only because of the great I am. No other way. And we have to remember when we say this prayer, Lord, thank you for forgiving my sins, but we have to also then be forgiving of others. And when we say it, Lord, sometimes you don't even know we're, we're harboring bitterness to somebody. Come on, church, right? Sometimes you ask the Lord, be like, Lord, am I holding any bitterness to anybody? And then a name pops up in your head. And you're like, what? Ah, no, 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 no. No way. I, I, that person, we're so sympathetical. We're good. And you're like, no. God's like, no, 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 no. There's that thing you're holding on to, that thing they said, that thing they did, that you just, mm, you're just leaving it in there. And the Lord's saying, no, release it, release it, release it. It's actually poison to you. You're the one dying because of it. You're the one who's holding on to the bitterness. Not, they're probably out there walking around. They had no idea they even did it. They're like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, 
You know, if you ever do that when someone says hello, go to the Lord's Prayer. So, Lord, forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Because you know who it is. If you get the little ping, right? When you see somebody, ping. It's like, oh, I got something I'm holding on to. I need to get rid of that. And it says, and do not lead us into temptation. Worship team, you want to come back up here? And lead us not into temptation. You say, well, how can the Lord lead us not into temptation? I thought that God is not a tempter. Well, he's not. He is God. God will test, but there are situations that we put ourselves in. Come on, church. We, we maneuver ourselves sometimes in a situation. You're like, I can't even believe I got myself in that situation. And so we, there is temptation that is out there in the world that the enemy brings to us, and we get ourselves caught, but Lord, lead us, in, get us out of it, Lord. Help us to navigate the temptation that we walked ourselves into. Lord, lead us by your Holy Spirit. Because I need your help, because me alone is not enough. Me alone, you alone, not enough. Not enough. We need the Holy Spirit each and every day to help us navigate this crazy world that we live in. So Lord, don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Come on, church. Deliver us from the evil one because he is the deliverer. Satan is defeated. We stand in authority and freedom in Christ because of what he did. He is the one who defeats Satan. Deliver us from the evil one, Lord. We're asking you today, whatever situation, whatever circumstance that the enemy has gotten in, Lord, we are asking as we pray this, deliver us, Lord. Deliver us from the evil one. We say no more in Jesus' name. Evil one, get out. Satan, get out of my life. And take a stand with the authority that God has given you. The authority in the name of Jesus to say no more. No more. Deliver us from the evil one, Lord, because of his power. Church, we know that God wins. He defeated death. And eventually he will throw Satan into that lake of fire forever. But until he does, he's given us the power and authority to stand on his word and to stand with him and take the authority he has given us in the situations of our lives. Thank you, Lord, for delivering us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We opened up the prayer in worship. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, worshiping him. And Jesus teaches us to end the prayer, worshiping him. Stand to your feet this morning. Lord, we worship you. All power, all glory are yours forever. All power, all glory are yours forever. I want you to grab your sheet that we handed out. I know the font is small, but if you hold it a little bit further out, if you're past a certain age, you will be able to read it. That's what I'm going to do. And we're going to say this prayer a little different than the first time we said it. And we're going to read exactly what's on this sheet of paper. I want us to read when we say, don't go yet, our Father in heaven, 
I want us to then say in unison, we are your children. We believe that you are who you say you are, our good and faithful Father. So we're going to say the Lord's Prayer with our little excerpts, expository preaching to ourselves about what it is that this prayer really means. So let's do this together on the count of three. One, two, three. Our Father in heaven, we are your children. We believe that you are who you say you are, our good and faithful Father. Hallowed be your name. We revere you, and you are holy and righteous God. We stand in awe of you. We long to please you and to glorify your name. Your kingdom come. We call forth your kingdom. Your will be done. We submit to your will. On earth as it is in heaven, Lord, bring miracles, signs, and wonders in this place and in our lives. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, you are our provider. Our needs are met and we lack nothing. We have no fear of tomorrow. And forgive us our debts. We repent and turn from sin. Forgive us, Lord, and purify our hearts and lives. As we forgive our debtors, Free us, Lord, from bitterness and anger. We release those who have harmed us, and we bless them. And lead us not into temptation. Lead us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. But deliver us from the evil one. You are our deliverer. Satan is defeated. We stand in authority and freedom in Christ. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We worship you, Lord. All power and glory are yours forever and ever and ever and ever. Hallelujah, Lord. Let's worship together. It's 12 o'clock noon. There is a daily portion. There's a portion here this morning. And I encourage you, if you want the elders of this church to stand in agreement with you for anything, it is now. Come forward and stand and present your request to the Lord now. And we're just going to come and we're just going to touch you and we're just going to say we agree in the name of Jesus. And we're going to move on to the next person and we're going to agree in the name of Jesus. If you want to come and stand for a blessing for your child because it's here this morning, then we will agree with you in the name of Jesus. And you will stand and you will partake of what is here this morning. And if you need to go, then be blessed in the name of Jesus. Be blessed in your going out and go out and be light. Kids, don't run around the sanctuary this morning because we got stuff to do up here, okay? Don't run around the church today. Do it at home. (laughs) Do it at home this morning. But I encourage you, worship team, if you can just play for like five more minutes of just worshiping him. I just don't want to, I just don't want to stop. And I got a birthday lunch to get to, but this is better. Gosh, this is better. This is better. So Pastor Andy's going to come up and we're here. We're here. We just want to agree with you. If you don't know Jesus, yeah. if you're like, what in the world? Yeah. Come yeah. up. Today is the day Today of salvation. Is the day Today to is the day him. to know him. Today is the day Amen. to receive from him Amen. this morning. Amen. So come on so up. So you are dismissed to come up and stand in agreement 
for what it is that the Lord has for you this morning, and you are dismissed to go out and be light, to be light and salt to the world.